Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and it is always a pleasure to welcome you back to another deeply informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we cover topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. I have a special question, actually, for our listeners today. Is there a sp- specific topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode? Feel free to share your feedback with us on Twitter at, at Cisco Champion. We would love to hear from you. All right, so today we are talking about the very new Cisco UCS X-Series modular system, and we'll be talking at length about how it will help you simplify your data center. To help us navigate the conversation, we have some rock star Cisco champion host and a phenomenal Cisco expert. So join us for the next half hour or so and walk away with a wealth of new information. All right, so we always like to get started with a round of introductions. Ravi, we'll start with you. Tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco. Thank you, Emily. Hey, guys. Ravi Mishra here. I'm part of the UCS business unit product manager for UCS X-Series. All right. We have the right expert on the call. Dan, you're up next. Who are you? Hi, I'm Dan Kelcher. I am a senior network engineer with Sleep Number. Uh, I've worked with UCS for off and on for, it's got to be close to 10 years now. It's been, it's been a while. So excited to hear what's coming. Great. Joe, tell us about yourself. Howdy all, Joe Hughes here, Solutions Architect with Veeam, focused on all things automation and integration. I am a longtime UCS geek. Uh, I've been following and using the platform since its inception as Project California. All right. Mark, who are you? What do you do when you're not recording podcasts on your birthday? Happy birthday, by the way. Well, my name is Mark Lushaw. <laughs> I'm working for Fresenius Medical Care as a... Security architect. My topics are mainly firewalls, email security, SOAR, SIEM, everything in that space. Awesome. Shall we sing you happy birthday? If you want to. Maybe after the recording. (laughs) You sure you want that recorded? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. All right. Okay, Ravi. um, Before we dive into it, is there any context or background you can share that would be helpful to our listeners before we dive into the conversation? Sure, yeah, thank you. So um, what we are announcing um, is arrival of next generation of UCS. We call UCS X-Series. X is a variable, as you know, right? So that means you can convert this into whatever workload you want to deploy, whatever requirement you have in terms of your applications. So that's where the X-Series is powered by Cisco Intersight. It's a new era of innovation which we are bringing for the new era of hybrid cloud infrastructure, new era of application. If you look at the customer, what they're looking at today, they want to deploy any application with any hypervisor at the speed of the requirement they have from their user. And they're also looking at how they can get the uh, cloud-like experience on-prem. The challenge is today, the infrastructure is not providing that level of agility, that level of adaptability, and also the management. So what we are bringing with UCS X-Series, all three together, we have developed an infrastructure thinking cloud operation model in mind. From day one, 
when I ask my engineers to design this architecture, they have that operating model in the mind that if the customer is planning to deploy an application on this infrastructure and they have different demand based on the application, based on the resources, how we can satisfy those demand with one single form factor and which can be managed from the cloud with Intersight. So Ravi, I've got to say, looking at this, especially as someone who's a longtime fan of the 5108 chassis, um, it looks like you guys went all the way back to the drawing board with this um, because the first thing I see about this 9508 chassis is this entire design is mid-plane free. You know, from what I can see that the, the chassis itself is delivering only power to these modules that live inside of it. Um, so what was the what was the fundamental reason for this drastic change in the physical architecture of UCS itself? That's a great question, Joe. When, I mean, we were on the design board or we were doing the whiteboarding like a few years back, we were thinking about the requirement for the application for the next decade. There were few things which we know and there are few things which we don't know. There are unknowns also, right? So the only way you can satisfy those unknowns is by creating those modules which can be replaced, which can be upgraded, which can be, I mean, taken out based on what you need. So if you're looking at the 9508 chassis in UCS X series, it's completely modular. There is no backplane. There is no um, midplane. Uh, we have only a small midplane for the for the power distribution. But other than that, all the fabric in in the back and the nodes in the front they are completely modular. So today, let's say if you want a particular bandwidth on Ethernet fabric, you can get that fabric. Tomorrow, if there is another bandwidth comes into the picture, like 100 gig, 200 gig, 400 gig, you can easily replace. Uh, those modules and can get upgraded to that bandwidth. Our X fabric in the back, which is the next generation low, I mean latency fabric inside the chassis right now, can be replaced with any technology which is going to come in next, I mean, few years. We don't know that what would be the fabric of choice in 2026. So keeping those things in mind, we designed the chassis in a completely modular way where every component can be replaced with anything else which will come in future. So with that, um, future questions are always fine. So one of the big things is, is this, does this platform, does this position us in a way that we have, you know, more flexibility? So today, you know, I can, I can put in my blades and I've got my compute nodes and all that stuff. Is there, is there roadmap? Roadmap's always the fun thing, but can you kind of talk about what this, what this opens up for us and some of the, the flexibility that it's going to bring. Wonderful question, Dan. And I know the roadmap questions are always like sensitive and also you never know if it's going to come or not, right? But our vision right now for this architecture is that it should be able to satisfy the need of the I mean, future application. If you look at the application today and in, in future, they are going to need high voltage CPU, high voltage accelerators like GPU, uh, high storage, high capacity storage, and high performance storage like NVMe, right? So these are the resources I would see the applications are going to demand from the infrastructure. And that's the reason customers are buying kind of like different infrastructure for different applications. Some applications require high-speed networks, some require high-speed accelerator, some require high-speed memory and, and, I mean, more memory. 
but that's where we are planning to provide a infrastructure which can satisfy the demand so think about that you have server and you are running an ai ml simulation today and you need um maybe few more gpu for your simulation over the weekend today the way you are going to get that is by adding maybe one more node and that node or server in in this case will come up with the dual socket cpu more memory some storage and then you will get the gpu but your whole idea was to just get a gpu resource for your application over the weekend to run the simulation so that on demand resource provisioning that kind of like resource pooling model which by the way ucs has it from day one if you remember ucs had the concept of pools policies and templates so what we are doing we are extending that concept not only to the network and storage which we have done in the last 12 years we're extending it to other resources in this case gpus storage um possibly memory if the technology allows us to have it in future that you you will have pools of these resources inside the chassis where any compute node if they need more memory if they need more storage if they need gpus they can easily get the benefit of it they can easily share that resource with that compute node inside the chassis and and as and when the industry allows us to have that fabric outside we can even extend it to the outside but that's the vision we want to go with that you should you're not supposed to think about for an i mean particular application i need to buy a particular server this is going to simplify that decision matrix this is going to simplify that deployment model where it is very complex right now right you have i mean siloed infrastructure based on the application based on the requirement so i assume that's where we want to head in future this is the first step we have to walk after this and then run A question Ravi so we have more capacity in the devices how did you address the additional requirements for power and for cooling Yeah Mark a very good question power and cooling because if you know um power is not enough every time every time you will go there is there are devices there are component which will come up with I mean more power when we launched UCS in 2009 at that time CPU was like 50 watt and now we are talking about cpus going to 270 watt 350 watt maybe more in future similarly gpus are already at that level right so all the components even disk they all are power hungry they all need power so what we did in ucsx is we did two main things one we said how we can effectively convert ac power into dc power and i think that's where we decided to move to 54 volt dc right now most of the architecture is 12 volt and the challenge with the 12 volt is that you lose efficiency because with low voltage your current is high with higher current you are creating more heat you are dissipating more heat in the chassis so now with 54 volt distribution your voltage is high current is low so the power dissipation will be low in this case that means you will have lower cooling requirement for the exact same infrastructure and your efficiency will be higher so the loss will be very low so now 
we can easily power those 300 watt CPU or 300 watt GPU or whatever comes in future, we don't know, inside the chassis, we added six 2800 watt power supply. Again, those PSUs are modular, but looking at the capacity right now as compared to 5108, we increased the power two times, looking at both the power and, and the cooling aspect. One more important point with 54 volt, 54 volt also give us the benefit of using less copper and again generating less heat. So we are creating an efficient infrastructure where for exact same kind of CPU memory and configuration, there are high power requirement even for our 5108 chassis and other chassis in the industry. But in this case, we are getting the benefit where cooling requirement is low and efficiency of conversion from AC to DC is very high. So Ravi, especially looking at where things were when the 5108 chassis and the UCS platform came out originally, uh, even just being able to think of having, you know, eight blades per chassis and have 20 blades, or sorry, 20 chassis that could live within a, uh, a UCS domain under that management platform, it's it's a big difference from that and, and the huge boon that was to the industry to have that sort of management capability versus the hundreds of servers that a lot of organizations have, which is just very commonplace now. Um, what additional benefits come into the platform with this redesign? I mean, we've already talked about the chassis, we've talked about power, we've talked about cooling, but now when we get back to the management of the platform itself, um, now that Intersight has, has come leaps and bounds from where it was, you know, even at inception just a few years ago, uh, what, what additional power and what additional benefit comes into the platform management itself? That's a great question, Joe. If you look at UCS, when we created the UCS architecture, one of the biggest advantage we had is the simplified management, right? UCS management. UCS manager um, became very popular in the IT because customer and everyone saw that it's very simple management, one place to manage everything. And we had that concept of service I mean, profile where you can create that definition of a server, right? The challenge became in, in the last many years that when you are going from, let's say, 20 chassis and 160 blades to another set of 20 chassis and 160 blade, now you have to think about local policy versus, I mean, uh, local policy in one domain versus local policy in another domain. That's when we introduced UCS Central, which was the multi-domain management. And then also, if you look at for the rack server, we came up with IMC supervisor. So at one point of time, just to manage your UCS infrastructure, we had four different options for you, right? We simplified everything with Intersight. Intersight not only give one single pane of glass to manage all your UCS infrastructure, it also move away from that concept of local policy versus global policy, where I need to create policies depending upon the domains, I need to push the policy in certain domain. In this case, everything is one simplified architecture. In this case, everything is one single policy where you can use it in any of the domain or any of these construct because there is no concept of, I would say, that physical domain now. You will create a logical construct of domain in Intersight. And the benefit of Intersight is not only managing UCS, it's also providing connectivity, integration point, and hooks to the application management, OS management, hypervisor management, whether it's Intersight community service and automation. Automation is definitely a very, very important aspect of 
any enterprise journey today, they want to move away from some of those mundane tasks where I need to upgrade firmware, for example, right? Which UCS, by the way, already automated at the domain level. But now what we are trying to do is to move to the next step where how we can automate the hundreds and thousands of server firmware upgrade or depending upon what you want to upgrade in that case. And even the advisory services, if I'm doing an upgrade and if there are known issues or if there are issues which there is already a field notices, how I can get that information beforehand instead of going through the release notes, instead of going through the field advisory or instead of calling Cisco Tech. So Intersight is automating those aspects of your, uh, I would say, the enterprise deployment journey where you can easily manage the infrastructure. This is going to be the management for the next decade. And UCS X-Series is fortunate enough to start that journey because in case of X-Series, Intersight Manage Mode is the only option to manage because we think this is the management for next decade with the um, infrastructure for the next decade. So as we start talking about the the hardware, one of the big things that I think is somewhat impressive to me is it looks like we've got more more drive bays per blade. Um, you know, with with the size of SSDs and NVMe drives growing, um, can you talk a little bit about kind of where where this new new UCS uh, where that positions us from a storage standpoint? That's a good question. So Dan, I mean. If you look at the storage requirement, we have seen customers moving away from one form factor to another because they need local drives. And there are applications. If you look at the storage option today, you have local storage, you have object storage, you have hyperconverse storage, you have fiber channel storage. There are so many options for the storage, right? And sometimes the customer think that for one particular storage type, I need to buy a particular type of server, whether it's a rack server or a storage server, because they need some local drive. In UCS X series, we are providing six small form factor drives in the front, which can be a mix of SSD or NVMe, or it can be all NVMe. And if you look at, as you mentioned, that the industry is moving towards high capacity drive we are going to see 64 terabyte NVMe drives pretty soon. So what we're talking about is almost one and a half to two petabyte of storage in 7RU form factor, only with the compute node I'm talking about. I'm not even including the storage and the drive node inside the chassis in future, which we'll come up with. So all your application needs, whether the application needs local storage for the application or it needs storage for the backup or it needs storage for hyperconverge. So all those applications can be easily deployed in this case because we are talking about at the time of FCS of UCS X series, we will have 90 terabyte of storage inside the compute node. And there will be eight compute node inside the chassis. So think about any applications if you want to use the Coercity backup application, or if you want to use Hyperflex in future, you can easily use all these applications on that form factor. There is no limitation that a Blade can't do local storage or Blade, they not have hyperconverse storage. No, you can deploy all those applications in this form factor. Okay, Ravi, but that also means a customer which currently has a NetApp or POST or pure storage can still connect them, correct? That's right, yeah. And that's where we are providing them the option. And if you look at the compute node has three different options for storage. Um, it has the option of SSD with the 
I mean, grade controller and the mix of NVMe, you can mix it over there. It has an option of only NVMe pass-through controller because sometimes we do see the customer needs NVMe for, I mean, completely performance reasons. So that's where we have, I mean, six NVMe PCI Gen 4 with by four lanes connected directly, I mean, to the CPU. And the third option is no front merge. And our front mesh is also modular. So you can buy these as like modular front mesh option or the last option I said, no mesh. In that case, you will be using the M.2 uh, drives for your boot and you will be connecting it to fiber channel, NetApp or Pure. And we are going to come up with FlexPod and FlashTech architecture at the time of FCS. So, and we are going to announce it. So that's where you will see that customer will have multiple options. They will have choices of connecting the storage. Either they can use the local storage, they can use the fiber channel, or they can even have the option of distributed storage like Hyperconverge in this case. Next question, Ravi. So it sounds to me like you had to redesign all the wigs for that new architecture. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the key new features of the wigs? Yes, Mark. Wick um, is always very near to us, right? Because with the concept of Wick, we simplify that decision customer has to make on the network and storage and the management part. Like virtual interface was our unified fabric innovation we did in UCS 1.0 in 2009. With UCS X series, we are taking it to the next level. Why? First of all, as I mentioned earlier, that applications are going to need more bandwidth at the Ethernet fabric because, first of all, with high CPU and high memory capacity and all, you will be using more virtual machines if you are virtualizing into one single server. So you'll be doing less with more, right? Um, you'll be doing more with less, sorry. Uh, and and then um, you will have, if you have more VMs or more containers on a particular, I mean, single server, the requirement for the Ethernet fabric is going to increase. And VME over fabric is also going to increase the traffic. So on a bandwidth side, because there is no backplane in 9508, just to start with, um, with 20, I mean, 5 gig IFM, we are calling our uh, IOM modules now intelligent fabric module in this case, IFMs. Those IFMs will connect to fabric interconnect, I mean, 25 gig. But even with 25 gig, you are getting 50 gig bandwidth at an application level to start with because those applications need more bandwidth. We are also adding a lot of security option into the WIC because we understand that customers do use virtual switch at the server level itself. So there are functionality which we want to move into at the WIC level from the, I mean, from the switch. So that's where you will see a lot of functions which we are planning to add at the virtual interface card level, which most of the application can easily get the benefit out of it, whether it's a security, whether it's an offload. So, I mean, if you look at the uh, some of the requirement customers are putting it up because most of the time they are using CPU for for most of the encryptions, right? So that's where you will see in future, we'll keep on adding more and more offloads functionality into our quick we are going to make our quick more smarter uh, it's already smart but we are going to make more smarter and trying to get more and more functionality into it and uh, i mean i'll definitely provide more detail on the data sheet where we'll get into the detail that how WIC 14,000, we are calling it as 14,000 now. Our previous WIC is 1,400, so definitely 
the idea here is that 10 times more, I mean, performance, more bandwidth, and more functionality with the way. So one of the things you mentioned was that we're moving to a, a 7U form factor. Can you talk a little bit about how the, the decision was made to increase the size of the chassis? I was very hesitant for that 6RU to 7RU because it's going to make a change, right? Because 1RU change is difficult because you I mean, you need space more than 1RU. But when engineering actually explained me that with 1RU, they are getting 30% more real estate. And I was surprised. I was shocked. That how is it possible, right? I mean, with one RU, with six to seven, how you can get 30%? It doesn't make sense. The math doesn't add up, right? But the way our servers are stacked now, it's vertical. So there is no concept of half width and full width blade in this case, right? Every node, we are calling it as node, no more blade. Every node in this case is exactly same height. So the advantage with that 7RU, and it's going across, I mean, if you look at the dimension, uh, we do not have any space in the bottom or in the front for PSU or, or fan or anything like that. Everything is in the back and the PSU is actually on the side, right? So all the blades are getting the complete 7RU space, right? With that 7RU space, we can easily able to place 32 dims with M6 architecture, maybe more in future. We'll have enough space between the compute, all, I mean, between the CPU that we have M.2 between those two CPU socket because there's space available. It also provide a better airflow, right? Because in UCSX series chassis, we also have the concept of sections and zones and there are sensors in it, right? So depending upon which particular node needs more cooling, let's say a particular node has uh, maybe 270-watt CPU as compared to another node has 100-watt CPU, we can easily cool that slot more. So that 7RU decision, I know it was taken after almost like seven or eight meetings we had on that, but it really gave us that 30% more real estate to put those CPUs and and GPUs and the drives and everything together and and still provide us the uh, better airflow and the cooling. So Ravi, at least at release time, what are we actually looking at for <clears throat> capabilities for CPU and for memory? And especially if we have applications that can leverage persistent memory. Yeah, so um, our first generation of server, which we are calling it as M6 because it's we are continuing with the UCS 1.0, right? So we don't want to start with M1 in this case. So the X210C, C is the compute node. 210 is our dual socket compute node. Will be our first generation of compute node on the UCS X series. It will be based on Intel Ice Lake. Intel Ice Lake has the maximum top bin capacity of 40 core, 270 watt. And it also has 32 DIM with 32 DIM and data center persistent memory, DCPMM, you can get up to 12 terabyte of memory inside one single compute node. So that's where we are going to support. And again, as I mentioned that, uh, we will have storage in the front. We will also looking at how we can provide some of the GPU option inside the servers. So with all these power hungry component, there are no limitation in this case. A, there is no limitation of the cooling. There is no limitation on the powering on all these components. Okay, question from me, Ravi. Um, 
In the past, there used to be a TPM, a trusted a platform module for security. Mm-hmm. Will that also be available right away or will that come a little bit later? No, that will be there on the on the server day one mark because there are operating systems like Windows. They are mandating use of TPM. So TPM is uh, there in the server from day one. We recommend customer to buy TPM day one. And in our ordering tool, we are providing recommendation also. So yes, we will have TPM. In fact, we are also planning to use TPM at multiple level inside our uh, our chassis also. For example, IFM, which is Intelligent Fabric Module, we also want security at multiple levels. So you will see TPM module not only inside the server, but also inside our other components. The TPM in, in the Fabric Module actually sounds kind of cool. <laughs> um so from an operational standpoint, if I've got, you know, my, my FIs and my 5108 chassis today, is this something where we can coexist or is this something where I would need to deploy brand new FIs in the, the new UCS X series in isolation or, or can I just add it into the existing environment today? Yeah. So the one difference here, Dan, is the management. As I mentioned earlier, UCS X series is only going to be managed from Intersight. Intersight Manage Mode is the only management platform for this. So if you have 6400 FI, chassis, and and that FI is already in Intersight Mode because, I mean, 5108 chassis support both mode. It supports Intersight Mode and also UCS Manager Mode. So if the FI is already in, in, in the exact same domain, there is no limitation. We will support it fully. The only requirement is that FI has to be in the intersite managed mode, not in the UCS managed mode. So Ravi, I guess with the um, the question that just came up about as far as uh, trying to determine with uh, sizing and you guys having a recommendation that comes in with the tool for implementing a TPM, what is going to exist um, up front for folks that are used to understanding the architecture and ordering for the 58? 5108 chassis and the current M-series blades as we're trying to convert over to the new compute nodes? Is there going to be um, relative sizing guides or are there going to be you know tools that show us basically uh, if you're currently ordering a specific uh, blade in the 5108 chassis, what would that convert to to be the you know 210C compute node? Yeah, so we are working on two aspects, Joe. One is we are also trying to simplify our ordering tool itself. Today, you have to search for a particular chassis paid and all, and then you start ordering. So we are simplifying that with the concept of MLB, where you select one single paid and you will have option of ordering chassis, option of ordering compute node, and FI, and also intersite, all together on the exact same page. So that will simplify the overall ordering process itself. We are also working on sizing tool recommendation. There are two aspects of it. One is the application-based sizing tool because there are application-based sizing tools exist today, mainly for your database application, VDI application. We have all these tools available where it will give you a recommendation that based on these input, this is what the applic- uh, this is what the server you are looking at, right? Um, we are also providing the input for the UCS X series also there so that you will have the option that you can go with this server or or particular X series server in that particular tool also. The second is the power calculator. We also have a power calculator tool, which is going to get updated 
Um, I know that th- there are um, requirement where power calculator tool provides or give us a recommendation that you will have to distribute your workload into multiple chassis because the existing chassis cannot handle your requirement. So that's where we are adding all those logic with the UCSX series because it can ha- easily handle those high power application requirements. So you will get that trans. I mean transition that let's say today if your uh, if your application needs two fifty one oh eight chassis with three blades each because it needs more power, in that case uh, it can be easily done with one chassis with ninety five oh eight. So those are the kind of like conversion and the and the tools we are looking at, where it will provide the exact kind of like sizing recommendation. Ravi, you mentioned Intersight as part of a possible option uh, in the ordering process. So which components of Intersight are included and what can you order on top of it? Yeah, so if you look at Mark, Intersight is a subscription-based license, right? So we have per month, per device license for Intersight. So we understand that it's going to be a little different than how you're ordering uh, today with UCS Manager and, and Fabric Interconnect. But our goal is for you and the customer, there should not be any impact overall, right? I mean, the idea here is that operating model is different. Uh, even the ordering would be a little different where you have to select based on the number of devices and the duration of those license. So you have to include that license, but we are um, kind of like simplifying that ordering process. So we don't have to search for multiple places and, and think that how I'm going to order. We'll have all those documentation also. But the idea here is that we are going to provide you I mean, flexibility. We are also working with Cisco Plus, which is pay-as-you-go model. In that case, let's say if you're looking into converting your uh, kind of like uh, expense into from CapEx to OpEx, for example, we will have all those options where you pay a base price and then you pay, I mean, the rest of the amount based on how you are using it. So all those things will be included. I know this is a new model for the expense, but I think uh, that's where we are providing more option to the customer uh, if they are looking into those areas. All right, folks. Well, this has been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I appreciate you listening in today, and a special thank you to our expert and champs for being a part of today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.